Mankind is of two kinds. Either your brother in faith. I'm just trying to get the wording right. Either your your brother in faith or equal in humanity. Equal in humanity. Yeah. Nice. So it's either your brother in faith or your equal in humanity. I'm I'm pretty sure it's something like that. I well, that makes sense. Like we're not brothers in faith, so to speak. But, we have different religions. Yep. But we're equal in humanity. Exactly right. I'm Ren McDonald, and this is the Hope Initiative, a show dedicated to learning about humans on planet Earth. Or I speak with everyday people to find moments of success and struggle in their life to help inspire hope in yours. On episode 7 of the podcast, I speak to my good mate, Sal. Sal and I share a love for soccer. We're both in our early 20s. Wait, actually, I can't actually say that anymore. I'm 26 now. Shit. Uh, Anyway, you get the idea. He's similar to me in a lot of ways, but one major difference, however, is that Sal is a Muslim. He was born here in the northern suburbs of Melbourne and lives a simple life whilst advocating for equality and human rights in a subtle yet effective way. In months gone by, he brought to my attention the case of his close friend and fellow footballer, Hakeem Al-Arabi, before it got national attention and support from the likes of Craig Foster, as well as promoting many other cases himself. In this conversation, we talk his religion, Islam, we speak about the media's impact on terrorism and what he believes drives it, as well as racism and how it's affected him as an Australian Muslim. I love the conversation and I hope you do too. Here it is. Welcome to the Hope Initiative. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for having me, mate. You're welcome. Thanks for uh, yeah, taking the time today. Um, so I want you to maybe start just by telling me a bit about yourself. Obviously, we've worked together and we met. Yeah. Well, not obviously, but we did work and have worked together at a, a futsal company or indoor sport company, social sport. Yeah. For how long have you worked there? Six years now. Six years. Six years. Okay. Yeah, I've worked since the 2014 yeah. World Cup. So yeah. about five years. Yeah. But um, other than futsal, tell me a bit about your life, your your heritage. Um, yeah, tell me a bit about yourself, whatever you'd like. So, um, I was obviously born here in 1996. Yeah. Uh, family came, migrated from Iraq through Saudi Arabia in the 1991 revolution. And yeah, man, I play soccer myself and, you know, like you said, been working on social sports six years now. And yeah, just um, living the Aussie life. And I found out a while ago, and I couldn't believe it at the time, but you're married. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, man. So I got married last year in uh, 2018 in February. Sweet. I was engaged two years prior to that. Okay. So, yeah, and my wife's here now, so she's obviously come from Iraq. Okay. Yeah, so... She was born in Iraq? Yeah, born in Iraq, lived her whole life, and now she's here. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when she came, how did you meet? So my brother, my older brother, is actually married to her older sister. Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, he got married overseas, and then I went to go visit him when he got married and um, met his... Obviously met... Her sister and at the place and yeah we end up getting married wow yeah man. that's incredible that's yeah. cool good stuff man <laughs> yeah that's how it works man so you're obviously quite close i would say with your family how how big is your family that's that's here in in melbourne yeah um in regards to uncles aunties um only the one uncle here okay heaps overseas so yeah um obviously still living with family mum dad and yeah got three older brothers i'm the youngest in the family yep and yeah, that's, um, two married and uh, three now with me and the other one just living his normal life. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sweet. You mentioned, and we don't have to talk about this yep. if you don't want to, but mentioned in the text messages overnight that your brother is yeah. in jail. Yeah, so, so yeah, he's actually married too. Um, okay. He's married and um, just about two years ago, or almost two years ago, about, uh, let's say, 16 months ago, he yep. got locked up and... Yeah, man, his his family, his wife and kids are living with us. So kids okay. are still very young, two years old, twins, yeah, born wow. a girl, and yeah. So um, hopefully expected to come out in August. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Do you mind me asking? Yeah. What, yeah. Oh, what, like what a, happened? Um, yeah. yeah I mean, was, if only if you obviously. Yeah. No, nah, that's fine, man. He, um, he's actually my brother. He's he's uh, really known here in the community, and um, everyone says he's got a really good heart, big heart, and everything. Uh, though he had this phase of about two weeks with his mates that that he just went nuts in man and just started doing some robberies and everything. Right. And yeah, got a two year sentence. Oh, okay. Almost. Yep, two year sentence. Two year sentence. Yeah. And he's due out soon. Yeah. In August. Yeah. Okay. So and you mentioned you you go to see him every Wednesday. Yeah. So man, the prison system here is a bit you know how you going. So right. It will work like. He's literally been to five different prisons now. Oh, really? Yeah, starting from Geelong, going all, all the way up to Ararat. So, wow. yeah, man, a long travel. Been to five different prisons and, yeah, visiting about twice a week. Okay. Yeah, take his kids there and go oh, see him. That's nice. Yeah. And the wife. And the wife, wife goes yeah, well. mum goes, yeah. Oh, that's good. So, yeah, man. Work through it as a family. Yeah, that's it, man. Yeah, that's it. We're just trying to give him hope, man. He's he's okay. It seemed like he's learned to listen. Yeah. You know, it seems very regretful. He's always crying every time we go there, so hopefully it's change your band. Yeah, nice. And yeah. how old is he? He's 24 now, so one year older than me. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So talk to me then about your family a bit more, if you don't mind, yep. in terms of really banding together. How many maybe uh, are here living? So it's me, wife, mum, dad, that's four, and my other brother's wife. Yeah. So that's five, including the two babies, which I don't usually count, but yeah, <laughs> including them, which is seven now. Yeah, seven. Seven. Yeah. Okay, cool. And in terms of the culture, is it similar in terms of people all living together back, yeah. in, back in Iraq, or yeah. is that more by circumstance it, in terms of... No, it's really traditional. So it really works out that way with most Iraqi families, even here. Um, a lot of them tend to stay with mum and dad. Right. You know, it's just like a thing where if you get married and leave, you just ditched us, you know what I mean? Oh, really? Yeah, it's sort of like that. It's A lot of people obviously still go and live out with... It just takes a matter of years, you know. So if you stay the first year or two with the family, it just shows you that you haven't just left your family, you know, just... Uh, how do I say? Well, we use the word ditched, you know. Ditched sure. your family. It shows that you, you still care about them. You still care about mum, dad, you know, you're old and... You're still serving them, you and your new wife. It shows that your new wife also respects your family. Yeah. It just works like that, you know? Yeah. So yeah. is it customary for the wife to move into the, the husband's Yeah, home so, yeah, it's, it's usually the case. It's usually the case. In terms of going back to Iraq... You mean after I got married or... Or just, yeah, well, in before, life? Before I got married, man, I go there. I've literally been there every year since 2013. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just, I really love it. There's a phase in, in Iraq where, um, so our summer, at the start of our summer... There's a, a, a religious um, event that goes on in Iraq, and it's just huge, man, where we have two holy shrines, uh, the death of uh, two imams, would say, 1,400 years ago. Yeah. So and just for anyone listening, and even myself, I'm not fully aware, what's yeah. an imam? So an imam is the... So how do I say? An imam is the prophet's family. We, we believe in it was a prophet's family. Sure. So... 
um, the biggest Mahdi of um, of Islam. His name was Hussein. Yep. So back, so I'm saying 1400 years ago. Right. He, uh, you know, died a very injustice death. I, I can I can't explain. It would take me a real long time to explain his story. Yep. Though um, there was a there's a land in Iraq, a city now called Karbala. Yep. It's um, it's it's known for this this man. It's known for him and his brother Abbas. His yep. name was Abbas, and we call him Imam Hussein and Imam Abbas. We call him. So, they they died a very injustice death, fighting against oppression, and um, in injustice in in that area, and it was a army of seventy two. That was an army against thirty thousand. Wow. Yeah, and it's a it's a huge story. Um. And yeah, uh, about twenty million pilgrims visit that place in the in that period of time. So I just love going there during that time, and and yeah, people right. walk uh, one thousand kilometers. They walk from one place to another, just walking. And there's food um, services across the whole way there. That's to pay respects to yeah to, what to all the pilgrims. The yeah, yeah. Wow. So it's just um I'm not really too sure, and I should be sure, but I'm not. But uh, I think it was um the the sister of the Imam Imam Hussein that walked that long journey right. from Syria to Iraq during that time. So people in respect now um, show the walk. So they show the respect and the walk from one jet to another. So where I'm from in Iraq is about 400 kilometers away yep. from the place. And yeah, people walk from there to there, man. And just service, food, everything on the way there. And from all around the world, by the way. I see Americans there. I see um, uh, British. I see everyone from everywhere when I go there. Beautiful. Yeah. And... We'll come on to it more yep. in terms of dividing maybe cultures. But what's that like? That's an Iraqi tradition. Would that be fair to say? Like, is that... How would you... The how would walk? You, yeah, how would you coin it? Like, um, It's not so Iraqi because it's um, it's the religion. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's mainly the Shia Muslims. So yep. there's obviously in Islam, there's different sects of Islam. Yeah. And, so it's um, an Islamic tradition. Yeah, it's Islamic tradition, yeah. Most of Shia Muslims too. Right. Yeah. You've got Americans, British people. Yeah. Are they Islamic? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, like myself, yeah. I, I always call myself an an, uh, an Australian Muslim. Yeah. So, like myself, obviously with the Iraqi background, yeah. there's, um, there's uh, let's say, um, British, for example, British and Palestinian backgrounds that go there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, and yeah, just so like that. So, they have the... Some of them are actually just born and bred, you know, British. They're just British with no background, just a British background. Yeah, sure. And they walk there too, for example. Right. Just from everywhere. But you have to be Muslim to to do uh, to do the walk, or not necessarily, man. Every year there is um tons of Christians that go there too, tons of Christians. There um, there there are all different religions from Iraq that go there actually. And I see, I always see um, people going groups, and there's always a. Uh, a big, very large amount of Christian groups in Iraq that go visit to show respects and and they obviously living in that culture they know what the story is and um uh, you know what sort of battle that was fourteen hundred years ago and how how you can still stand against injustice now how you can show your message through these two imams right yeah and even if you're different from different religions from different places on earth you can still stand with people and respect them absolutely. for who they are right yeah absolutely yeah and nice. and it, it's Iraq's oh, my opinion is the best place for that because it just shows the the diversity there too and it shows the respect for other religions in Iraq and and 
I'm using Iraq as an example here, but the respect for different sects and religions is, is incredible there. Great. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. Brings me on to another question. Yep. Then, so, I would, like, I, I've never learnt that and never heard of that. Yep. And I'd like to think of myself as being a fairly open-minded person yep. who, yeah, is willing to receive different information and yep. and looking at things. But I'm very, like we spoke before we started recording, that I don't watch much TV. Yep. Don't watch the news. Yeah, yeah. Don't listen to radio in terms of, you know, talkback or yep. anything. Simply because I don't like all the bad news that is pushed. You know, we're friends yep. on Facebook and yeah. I, you know, watched one of the videos that you shared today just yep. around the unfortunate events in New Zealand yep, this yep. past week. Yep. But before we get into that, in terms of media coverage in Iraq, mm. is the diversity really promoted and celebrated as well in terms of, say, Christians coming in and enjoying that yep. you know, celebration? Um, so my Facebook, for example, my personal Facebook, I have a lot of different pages from Iraq. And... Um, when it's when I'm not there, I usually see this stuff, you know, and it's starting to become a normal thing now. In Iraq, it's very normal to um to be respectful, you know, and it should be like that, you know what I mean? Um, you shouldn't be. Uh, I personally, I don't think you should always be um uh, awarded for your respectiveness. So, um, I think the coverage here, um, isn't great. I'm I'm really surprised, by the way, on on. The coverage of this New Zealand attacks. I think if it was, I, I think, and I think it does happen, and I know it happens actually. Um, a lot of times, I think um, there was a suicide bombing in in Yemen a couple of days ago in a mosque, where um, I think 20, 20 people died around there, and haven't said nothing about that yet. So, um, why do you think that is? I, I th- to be honest, I can't, I can't answer it because it's it's unjust in a way. You know, it is unjust in a way, and it should be covered, no matter if it's a church or a synagogue or anything. It should always be covered because it's a it's a human life that's gone. You know, even if it's one human um, killed, it should always be covered. I don't know why, to be honest. I think there's a lot of evil people there. Yeah. And the reason why it doesn't get shown, I think, is because political political uh, driven reasons, and yeah, it's just it's appalling, really. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. So going back to, I guess, because obviously, you know, there is unfortunately a bit of evil, a lot of evil in this world. But the point of what I'm trying to communicate is the hope initiative and that even through this tragedy in in New Zealand, you can still find some hope. Absolutely. And and we can progress as a society. That's right. Right? Because otherwise we just, you either get better or you get worse. So hopefully we get get better through this and through other things that many good people in the world are yeah, doing. Absolutely. In terms of that re- being replicated here, that acceptance of Iraqi culture and other cultures from around the world, yep. what do you see maybe has to change here in Australia? And I'd say particularly in the media, but I mean myself, I have yourself as a friend and I have yep. many other friends who are Muslim. Yep the first girl I actually ever tried to date was a Muslim, right? But what do you think needs to change here? And do you think maybe it already is changing? Like I told you before, um, excluding media, let's take media out of the picture here. Um, but it's it's a matter of um, 
just everyone uh, uniting. I think in Australia, um, the multiculturalism we have here is is really good. Um, I every go and I, I always tell family in Iraq this. I say it's not like Iraq where you walked, you go to the shop and you see an Iraqi, you, you go to the supermarket and you see an Iraqi, to the service station you see. An it's here. Your doctor's there, for example, is from Asia. Um, your your dentist is from India. It's just multiculturalism everywhere. I think. Um, you know, have to take evil out and just live as humans, you know, don't worry about where others come from, and in primary school, we learnt a lot, but it's it's always, um, what was the saying for it, uh, treat others the way you want to be treated, you know, and Muslims and, and Christians, um, and any other religion, if you just, if you think about it, a lot of them preach to be a good human, a lot of them, I know in Islam, um, uh, I always read about it and you know try to learn as much as I can and you can never stop learning religions never and the main thing is if you fast you pray they're all good deeds in Islam in any other religion they're all good deeds if you're doing things but the number one good deed that you must do is be a good human and I think if you are a good human to others and treat others well I think that will um that will change the whole world that's my opinion that's great. Yeah. Really nice, man. Um, on the topic of religion, you're religious, I'm a religious person as well, but do you think you need religion to be a good person? Like, you may know and have friends who aren't religious, there might be guys that we work with that you might have spoken to about this, but what's your views on that? Like, do you think, without the guiding principles you have in Islam... Yep. Do you think you might go off the beaten path? I get that question a lot, actually. Okay. And um, I think that I know I know friends who who don't have religion who are very good, nice people. Who are very nice people, and I I really um, I respect them for who they are. Um, I just think there are a lot of good organisations in the world, like charities, um, uh, orphanages, place. Um, they are driven by religion. I think they're driven by religion. Um. So, how can I say this? I know a lot of um, uh, Christian, obviously, the Red Cross. I think a lot of good things in the world are driven by religion. And I also think that uh, there are bad things that are not driven by religion, but driven by the um, false um, beliefs in religions that people believe in. For example, um, let's go to the terrorist organizations. The, the big ones, like ISIS, Al-Qaeda, all of them... Um, 90%, I think 90% of Islam has condemned them from being part of the religion. Right. So they are not part of the religion because of the evil things they do and the the, the beliefs they have. It's the, it's misinterpretation of the of the Quran, of, you know, the hadiths, which are um, quotes and things from, you know, years back. Right. And it's just, um, they... The good, th- like I said, there are a lot of good things like charities and everything like that, driven by religion. And I, uh, back to your question, I think you can be a good person in that religion. Yes, you can. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Have you ever been, say, racially abused here in Australia? Because it can occur. I consider myself quite lucky in that. You know, we're both Australian. We're both born here. Yeah. In terms Absolutely. of of that, but there's no denying like we have different skin color. Yep. We have, you know, slightly different look to who yeah. we are. Yep. 
have you ever experienced, say, as a referee? You know, we, get, we yeah. can get abused yeah, yeah, a absolutely. bit as a referee. <laughs> and maybe there's been nothing there like that because we referee quite a diverse crowd of, of people. Yeah. Right? That's right. But have you ever experienced that in just day-to-day life here in Australia? Um, I have. I have experienced it. And it, to be honest, it, it doesn't really offend me. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Because... I wouldn't say uh, obviously the minority is racist. You know, in Australia, it is an amazing country, and um, majority of Australia, great people, and um, it doesn't really offend me because I know that um, you will face people like this in life. You know, um, what what really hurts me more and gets to me more is when people will throw the rest card at me, and as you said, throw the what the card. racist card. Oh, the so. Racist. Right. So, uh, uh, like I said, as a referee, um, a while ago, actually, a team disagreed with one of my decisions, and they they were just chucking the racist card, saying, oh, you're a racist, you're being racist to us. That's what I hate more than uh, being racially abused, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. It's happened to me uh, maybe two or three times, but it's just, you know, like, you have no intention of being racist, and then they claim that you're a racist. So that that's what gets me more, to be honest. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's happened to me a few times. Yeah. As well. But yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. It can be. And and in regards to um, getting racially abused, um, like I said, it doesn't really get to you that much because I know that the people that are doing it are just racist people that don't that are not really living the Australian life, you know what I mean? And the Australian life is just to be a, a non-racist and like I said, 90% of Australia is like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, nice man. I think it myself, my perspective is it comes down a lot to to education. Yep. I mean, we you, you shared that video earlier today on Facebook, which I watched, yep. and it's an American video, but the the topic of conversation was around the events in New, New Zealand. Yep. But the the man, I don't remember the names of the people, but for anyone listening, I can put the video in the show notes oh, yeah. and, and link it so people know exactly what we're talking about. But the guy in it. He talks about, and he's from from England. Yeah, he's a British journalist, I believe, with a Pakistani background. Sure. Yeah. So he talks about racists yep. in America. Yeah. And says that there was a study, and this is very much paraphrasing, so not exactly what he said, but essentially, people who aren't friends with Muslims tend to lean more towards racism and radical far right uh, yep. ideologies. Yeah. Now I, I think know. what what um, the the journalist said this morning, Mehdi Hassan, his name is by the way, um, where um, if you actually become friends with a Muslim, you you will know who they are, um, because you you do see a lot in the media about about Islamic terror and Islamic extremists. Um, he actually came to Australia once and he was he was talking about about the Muslims here in Australia. Now you you can see a lot of a lot of um, bad things on the news, like people blowing up themselves, or, you know, just terrible things. Um, though, if you come to a, to a country like ours, um, you will see a lot of Muslim engineers, Muslim doctors, nurses, you know, from uh, from all types of industries. And and I, I think, so your question was exactly how the perspective of them... Well, yeah, I, I guess because that guy's point is... I think very true, right? If yep. people have friends of all races and religion, yeah, yeah, yep. 
essentially they're not going to be brainwashed by the that's media right. narrative yeah, 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 yeah. that's pushed that say all Muslims are terrorists. Yeah. Like it's just not true. Yeah. Fundamentally. Yeah. The people who don't have friends who are Muslims may then think that. Yeah, you know, it's very right. easy if you just watch the six o'clock nightly news or yeah, yeah. whatever to just think, well, that's the world. That, that's you know, right. you live in... Absolutely, yeah. You, you and know, these... back to our topic on media, that's what the media does, you know. It's it's uh, very hypocritical yeah. and a bit dogmatic, but yeah. For um, sure. But what, what, in terms of, yeah, going back to the question, what do you think, like, has that affected strangers maybe meeting you or other friends or are people... Just generally receptive. I think generally in Australia, people are good. Yeah. Um. I think uh, in Australia, like I said before, the minority, and when I say minority, I mean five percent, maybe less. Are just gonna, you know, look at you in a different way. Right. I think everyone in Australia is generally good. So, um, uh, it's it's changed over the years. I think maybe if you go ten, twelve years ago, um, from what I can remember, it was a bit different. There was probably less than three percent. Yeah, good. And yeah. you would have been, you know, probably not even a teenager then. Yeah. But how have you dealt with it? How, how rather, how have you dealt with those things or even, say, when you're refereeing and someone pulls that race card? Like, yeah. Like, how do you deal with it? Well, it happened not too long ago. Um, and when, when, I'll just go to, I'll start off with someone throwing the racist card. Um, it happened not too long ago. And honestly, honestly, like, this is from... Uh, you know, the deepest part of my heart, like, I, I was actually shocked when it happened. I was actually really shocked because it was, like I said, refereeing and it was a decision that the team didn't like. And they just left the game and said, no, nah, ref, you're a racist. All of them throwing the racist card at me. And I actually got angry. And I called one of them back. He was walking away. And I just said to him, look, if you're a man, come back here and talk to me. Because I was really offended by him throwing the racist card. And... And um, it's all good. <laughs> and yeah, so th- that one I got angry because when you're not being racist and and you try to do um, the Australian thing always by not being racist, and someone chucks the racist card, it's mm. it's not a good feeling. Yeah. So, so you asked him to come back. Obviously, you might have been a bit worked up at the time, but did the person come back? He, and- he didn't come back. And if he did come back, I, I've I was I was probably gonna you know. I have a little go at him, but not, I, was, I would have said something like, "Look, yeah, you can disagree my decisions, or you can you can appeal it, you can complain, but don't say I'm a racist because right. I'm not being racist to you. Yeah, if you're not happy with the way I'm officiating a game, it's going to never do racism. And I think that's a problem too in Australia. I think now people are also a bit sensitive, you know, um, with with um, the racism. I think nowadays, uh, even if you just you know, swear at someone, for example, so some people will just throw a racist card straight away, like you're being racist. I think that that's a bit of an issue too, but obviously, you know, that's that's got things that led up to stuff being like that. Right. Yeah. Great implications that have caused this situation, yeah, yeah. like the politically that's correctness, right. yeah. politically incorrectness of certain situations. That's right. Yeah, cool. What's a pivotal moment in your life that maybe changed everything? that you look back on that has led you sort of to where you are now obviously you're quite young got your whole life ahead of you yeah you know we both do yeah but you're you're 23 is there a, a moment maybe that that changed everything for you um i wouldn't say it changed everything but there's been you know changes that have led up to 
things getting bigger. I think uh, when my uh, my brother got locked up, it's it's made me realize you know the the country that we live in and you know obey the law at all times. You know, going to visit him in prison, um, I'll see a lot of different you know prisoners in there, and prisoners that you know people have seen in the news that I've seen in the news, and I get shocked to be honest. I it's it makes me realize what a great country we live in. Like just seeing them there, you know, and they come from big robberies to terrorists, you know, convictions, and yeah, it just it's it's only recent. It's only been less than two years, mm. but uh, every time I go there and I get out of the prison or the prisons that I've been to, it just makes me realize, wow, you know, what a country we live in. So and the diversity in prison too is 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 crazy. Right. Yeah. I'm sure. So you, I guess it's through his mistakes yep. and ending up in prison that's right you've been able to really see life from a perspective of not taking anything for granted that's right and being able absolutely. to just appreciate what you've got that's right yeah nice man appreciate being Aussie yeah, yeah. absolutely that's really good and what do you hope for the future you've got a young wife yeah what are your plans um, so I think I will move out soon uh, maybe in about a year's time I, I'm to be honest everything's all depending right now on my brother because I'm his main source of support right now. Mm. Um, I, I'm the only brother that lives with the family now, so the other two obviously live out. He's been accommodated in a prison, so I'm his main source of support. I'm waiting for him to get out really and and just see what I'm gonna do from there because I I just still want to, even when he comes out, I still want to have him, you know, um, knowing that I'm there, you know, helping him out because he's obviously um, since the time of being there he doesn't have a license and obviously jobless now. So I want to get him back on track until I start making bigger movements, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. And further and beyond that, is there anything that you think of, say, in 20, 30 years, what you would like your life to look like? Um, Any hopes and dreams for the future? Uh, to be honest, I think everyone's wish is to be successful in life, you know? Yeah. yeah, I just... The starting point now is get my wife, you know, to be an Aussie in the next five, six years, hopefully, right. to become a citizenship, uh, citizen, sorry. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just get her on board to be an Aussie. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, just just live <laughs> there. Do you have kids? kids yeah, there, absolutely. Yeah, yeah man. Um, to be honest, we're, we're planning on getting kids soon. Okay. So, a kid, not, not too many of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, and just see what happens from there, man, to be honest. Yeah, see. Yeah. You mentioned success there. Yep. That... Everyone hopes to be successful. Yeah. But what is your definition of success? Um, Have you ever thought of one? The way I think of life in general when you're successful is just, just an, you know, how do I say, a life that's that you're happy with. You know, a life that you're happy with. If you're, if you're never happy, then you're never successful. You know, you, you can have, you know, you can be rich. Let's use the term rich as in like... You have the the job you want, you know, the family you want, uh, everything you want, and you're probably selfish in this case, but you, you're not happy after that. I think you're not successful. I think if you're happy with what you're living, with your living standards, I think that's successful. Great. Yeah. Nicely said. Who's a mentor of yours in life that you look to, whether it might be a person or a book, you know, that maybe you've referred to back? Yep. Anything come to mind there? Um, if you have one? Yeah, I think I'll choose Con. Now, um, 
Um, <laughs> not many people are going <laughs> to know who he is, but anyway, um, we'll swear that. Uh, and even then, again, there's a couple. Uh, I think someone that I'm really, um, you know, focused on at the moment is this, the person we saw this morning with Mehdi Hassan, the, the guy you saw in the video that, mm-hmm. that I shared on Facebook. Um, now, I'll watch a lot of this guy, and he is always uh, around the globe just interviewing um, politicians, and um, his aim is to just show the world the people, the just people, the unjust people, the oppressors, and um, he's someone that I'll, I'm just really keeping an eye out at the moment and and reading a lot about him. Mm. Yeah. Nice. And uh, what, how did you, like, come across him? Like, um, I just saw some Facebook clips, you know. A, a lot of people, um, he's got a lot of followers, and I think millions of followers, because the way he exposes others, um, the way he exposes the, the tyrant leaders you know um nowadays mm. and it's just awesome to see you know a big big person personnel is just the, the truth coming out you know it's always good seeing the truth coming out and yeah. Yeah, just really um discovering more about this world yeah sick man it's pretty cool yeah it is yeah. all right this is a question that i probably need to reword because whenever i ask people they get slightly confused yeah but we'll see how we go yeah so if you could have anything be certain, anything in the world, in your life, or the world directly, in 10 years, so in 2029, what would it be and why? Um, can it be life? Yeah? Can it be like a happy life? Yeah, if, you, if that's the thing. Uh, I think it's, it's something we'll never get, I think, in this world. But it's it's living happily with no... Uh, with no evil, you know, I keep going back to this because it's happening a lot. And in the past week, you know, the events that have happened, it just um, there's events every day, you know, and victims from all around the world are unfortunate to be there. But yeah, just living without evil, and um, it, it's like I said, I, I think it will never happen because there's always going to be someone trying to you know ruin the party for you. Yeah, I mean. That's a good thing to want, but also quite sad that you think it will never happen. Yeah. Yeah, like, why Why is that? Like, and what do you think we can do to get closer to that? Yeah. You know, because say, for instance, there's, you know, before you use the example of 90% of Australians are good people, so that's 90 and 10. Say, if we look at the world like that, you know, 90 good and, and 10% evil. Yeah. How do we get that 10% down more? Like, what do you think are some of the key things... The fundamentals that would make peace on earth, so to speak. Yeah, like I said before, I think uniting, uh, uniting as humans, is always gonna you know change things. And uh, the like I said before, the Imam Hussein I was talking to you about. He his father, he he's the son of Ali, Imam Ali. So his dad was also, you know, he was the the Prophet Muhammad's um, uh, cousin. So his father, Imam Hussein's father. Had a really good um. He wrote a letter to someone. I can't remember the the someone exactly, but the letter was in English. It's interpreted, mankind is of two kinds, either your brother in faith, or equal in humanity. Equal in humanity. Yeah. Nice. So it's either your brother in faith, or your equal in humanity. I'm I'm pretty sure it's something like that. I well, can... that makes sense. Like we're not brothers in faith, so to speak. But, we have different religions. Yep. But we're equal in humanity. Exactly right. So. Or should be. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think that if everyone has that mentality, then the world will change. Nice. Yeah. Obviously, hard to get everyone, but 
you know, we hope for the best. Well, it's yeah. a start. You know, yeah. we, s- we start with that and... Absolutely. Good and, and you just, you know, the past week, you, you've seen the, um, the 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 great humanity that's come. And even like, uh, you know, I'm not trying to um, put Islam, you know, on the spotlight here or anything. It's fine, but you're Islamic. You're no, I'm saying, I'm saying like in regards to, you know, um, like, oh, why is everyone supporting Islam now? I think it's great to see that everyone um, is supporting Islam and what they've gone through because it's it's horrific to happen to anyone, you know, 49 people get massacred. And you, you, you can just see now the real uh, personalities that have stepped up and and supported, you know, the, the Islamic faith here in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. And condemning those absolutely those comments from that uh yeah that senator not that yeah. we need to mention his name yeah quick yeah yeah but you know people come out like that so called Australians yeah you know I doubt he's ever you know and and you, yeah exactly right you you like I said they condemned him and and his actions but like I said it just it's shown mostly I think ninety percent of Australia have actually stepped up and and condemned this guy so it just shows you that's the equals in humanity what are you afraid of. Or anything that scares you specifically? Um, I'm going to tell you something that I've been scared of in the past couple of days, and this is actually really scaring me. Um, it's so the the events of New Zealand happened, and it was everyone's condemned it, and it's it's awful. But I'm really scared, and I hate to say this, of one brainwashed human, misguided, that claims to be from the Islamic faith, is going to do something bad. Right. I, honestly, I've been really scared the past couple of days from this. Now, if you're talking about in, in life in general, it's probably something else, but at this very stage, that's what I'm really scared of. And I've had this conversation with about four people now, and it's something I'm really scared of, and um, and God forbid, if it does happen, then you know the message to get across to the whole world will be, he is not from Islam. Mm. He is not from us. Right. Yeah. Not that I even know all the full details, so it's hard to go into it when you don't have the facts. Yeah. But the person who did the actions in New Zealand, yeah, he was so-called Australian, yeah. right? He wasn't a Muslim. He was just a lone fucking dickhead, yeah. right? A lunatic, right? <laughs> yeah. Who happened to, unfortunately, take the lives of 50 people. Yeah. You know, you're worried there about someone who is oh, say, something, something, yeah. right? Who is a Muslim? But it makes me think that just because one person of a particular faith does something, doesn't mean that everyone who is also from that faith or religion or race or gender is like that as well. Yeah. And that's what I think people have to get and think with. You know. If someone, you look at the the Catholic guy, Pell, who recently was um, sentenced for, for child sex oh, yeah, offences, yeah. and people joke that, you know, the, you know, priests uh, are child abusers, but just because one is, and, you know, in this case, yeah. there have been a few over the years, but it doesn't mean that they all are. Yeah. You might. I think you saw my Facebook post recently where mm. I went on a bit of a rant. It was late on Saturday oh, night yes, when I, I saw that video, but... I want to make a point of this. It's like just because someone from a certain religion or race or even gender does something that's fucked up yeah. does not mean that 
people who also fit into that category and demographic mm. are like that. Yeah. Right? Because essentially, the guy who did those things in New Zealand probably has more things in common with me than any, you know, Muslim in Iraq yep. or any, you know, purported fucking yeah. terrorist that the media claims to, to right. make these yeah, people yeah. out as, which is yep. just crap. Yeah. So this isn't more so much a question, yeah, but yeah. just me just getting no, that out again. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, you want to talk a bit on that? Like The, the one thing that hasn't been um, noticed as much and um, covered as much is like you said, you know, when one person does something and you know everyone else gets blamed for it. Now, I'm not Catholic, and you're not Catholic either. Yeah, yeah. but we don't think that all Catholic priests are, are child abusers. No, no way. Uh, I would, you know, I would go into a Catholic church any time, you know, with no fear at all, going there just to respect their beliefs, and I would not go in there with them and tell you saying, okay, maybe not because there's child abusers there. Does not happen. Um, even even the 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 thing that attacked the um the the Muslims in Christchurch, uh, people saying he's a far right supremacist or something. Right. Okay, whatever. Uh, and apparently, there's far right supremacists that have come out and say, no, nah, we are very remorseful of what happened, of the, for the families, you know. Right. So obviously, not everyone is the same, and we can't just throw someone under the bus because someone that claims to be from their faith. Yeah. has done something wrong. Mm. And another thing with, with terrorists, especially the ones that, that claim to be is Islamic ISIS, for example, you know, the the biggest terror group that's ever been formed. Mm. The first place they've attacked was Syria, a country full of Muslims. And the second was Iraq. So now I was actually, believe it or not, I was in Iraq when they they were established. When they when they um first got into Iraq and they established their city of Mosul, they took over. Mm. Um, I was actually in Iraq at the time, and there was an outrage. There was people on the streets. Um, at, even at the time, um, the the leading um scholar in Iraq announced um uh, that we need volunteer fighters, and the streets were full of people, you know, just ready to go and fight. Fight ISIS. Fight ISIS. And I was there at the time, and, and I even I lost my phone, but I had videos of it. And this is something I really want to talk about, because it was it was like, um, I was about 17, 18, and it was really um, shocking. So there was talks of ISIS in Iraq, you know, a, a few fighters of ISIS in Iraq. And then I went to Iran for about five, ten nights. I think it was about, yeah, nine, nine nights exactly. And in Iraq, in Iran, so when I was there, for that for the nine nights, it happened. ISIS took over a city. Wow. And then, as I, and then they, they announced that they need volunteer fighters. I went back to Iraq, and then it was just like mayhem in Iraq. Mm. You know, everyone's on the street. And, and then, people don't think this a lot, but what are they doing in an Islamic country? What, what is an ex- Islamic terror group? Islamic, you know, with the um, what are they doing in a in a um Islamic country? You know, like if you want to establish an Islamic state, wouldn't you go to a country like um, I'm just saying, like you guys are absolutely sick. You know what I mean? You you guys are not Islamic. Uh, if you want Sharia law in a in a Western country, if you want a Sharia law anywhere, why would you go to a country that's already following Sharia law? Right. 
you know, is that what they claim their their motives are though? Like ISIS, like I I, I personally don't look into it. Like I said, yeah. I don't watch the news. Yeah, not that I I assume you Which know. Which is better for you? Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, Channel Nine and these, you know, so called you know these media companies aren't gonna give us the true information. That's right on mm. ISIS necessarily. Yeah, but in terms of your understanding, and again, this is your understanding. Yeah, what? Yeah, do you think so? They're there. They're trying, or they did take over in this case. Yep. Yeah. Like, um, the, I know that their goal was to, you know, establish an Islamic state. You know, in I think that's why they. I think their name ISIS stands for Islamic State, Iraq and Syria. Mm. That's what it stands for. Okay. It just shows you, like, if you wanna, uh, you know, you should never and, um, uh, but if you want to establish an Islamic state, would you go to a country that's 90% Islamic? Right. You probably wouldn't. You know, but these guys, there's obviously uh, political driven reasons why they're doing it. Mm. That's what I think. And I'm certain of every terrorist attack in the world is always driven by political reasons. Right. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Mm. Interesting stuff. I'm sure we could talk about it for for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, awesome. So is there anything else before we do end that you might like to, to speak about? Um, maybe we haven't haven't covered yet. Oh, there's something that I told you before the recording. Yeah. That I want to say, but um, uh, it's I, I really love what you're doing. I've, t- I've told you before, you know, and Thanks, I, I hope that people um, can can acknowledge you know the the good in this world and you know like yourself and you know um, just revive the life into everyone. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet, it, man. Perfect, bro. Well, I think we'll end it there. That's episode 7. Thanks as always for listening and being here again. I really appreciate each and every download and I'm honestly just blown away by the reception that I've been getting. As always, I'll keep saying it, but if you enjoyed this episode and you're not already, please subscribe. It would also mean a great deal to me, for you, the listener, if you got something out of this conversation, to share it with people you love and respect. It doesn't have to be with hundreds via your own account. It could just be with one close friend or family member. That would mean the world to me. Lastly, a massive thank you to Sal for being an absolute ripper guest. And until next week, I hope you have a belter. Much love, always.